This is a really special show for two reasons. Number one, I have as our guest, Alyssa Ellis Sangster, CEO of the Forte Foundation. She and her team have had enormous success in increasing the percentage of women in business school and in management. And reason number two, it's Admission Straight Talk's 10th anniversary episode. Yes, folks, it's been 10 years since we had our first one. Thanks for tuning in today and for the last 10 years. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Accepted's founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me for this week's Admission Straight Talk number 463. I love hosting Admission Straight Talk because of the fascinating guests I'm privileged to talk to, but today's show is extra special. It marks Admission Straight Talk's 10th anniversary. The first show aired March 29th, 2012, almost exactly 10 years ago. So first, I have to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in and sharing your valuable time and attention with me and our guests. I also have to thank the guests who share their time, experience, and expertise with you and me during the interview. And one of the people I have to give extra thanks to today is our guest, Alyssa Sangster. Alyssa was willing to be Admission Straight Talk's first guest when there was no track record, no stats to report, no download numbers. Today, I can talk to prospective guests about 650,000 total downloads, but I couldn't 10 years ago when Alyssa first said yes. So thank you again, Alyssa. That's why this show is special to me. This show should be special to you because of Alyssa's critical role as head of the Forte Foundation in increasing women's representation in business school and business, and because of her profound insider's knowledge of the business school and professional worlds. Alyssa earned her MBA at Texas A&M's Mays Business School in 1994 and immediately became the assistant director of its MBA program. She moved to UT Austin in 1997, where she served in different roles, including the assistant dean and director of McCombs MBA program. In 2004, she became the first director of Forty Foundation, a consortium of business schools and companies working to increase the number of women in business leadership roles. She's been successfully running and growing Forty Foundation ever since. Alyssa, welcome again to Admission Straight Talk. Thank you, Linda. Happy to be here with you. Glad to have you. Now, let's start with just some basics. Can you give a little background on Forte and its growth? Sure, absolutely. So we, we started back in 2001. There was a research study that was done by Catalyst um, and a bunch of business schools and companies that were looking at women's advancement into business school and into business leadership positions in corporations. And there was concern about what was holding women back. And so the research came out with a study that we then built a business plan for an organization around. And that's really where the launch of Forte began. Um, That was in about 2001. And then about 2002, we held our first event, which we'll talk a little bit more later on in our discussion. But uh, those were our MBA forums. And we had five of them in 2002. We then continued to grow. I came on board full-time in 2004 as really the first full-time employee of the organization. And as you said, that's kind of been the history. And, and here we are today in 2022. So we're excited uh, to see where we, where, we, where we go from here. Okay, great. Can you give an overview of the programs for women in college considering a business career at this point in time? 
Sure. So college has been a relatively, uh, you know, newer part of our programming. And, and by newer, I would say over the last eight or so years, we've been developing relationships with college women and college campuses, knowing that really thinking about how to prepare for a business career and business school, you know, that it's important for you to be thinking about all of those things, but that, that, that they really need to have those critical conversations in college because college women are thinking about their future, but yet many of them are not business majors. And so we offer programming from, uh, we have a conference coming up next week, College to Business Leadership. And we also have a, a program right before that called Candid Conversations that really digs into opportunities for underrepresented women and really thinks about those diversity aspects of business leadership. And then that program moves into the College to Business Leadership Conference, which really showcases all the different career paths you can have in business as a um, post-college graduate. Our companies are there to represent their different industries. The women get a lot of great leadership, you know, uh, education, role models are there to kind of learn, learn from. So we do uh, that conference. We have several career fairs that we do for undergraduate women. We just last week hosted um, an MBA forum for college women. So women thinking about moving into that MBA sometime after they've graduated from undergraduate. And, uh, and then we also have women in business clubs on campuses. We have about 60 partnerships with undergraduate institutions and women can be a part of that women in business club that's affiliated with the Forte organization. And um, are most of the conferences that you mentioned, are they, are they in person or are they virtual at this point? Oh, that's a good question because of course we're still virtual. Yeah. Uh, we launched this College to Business Leadership and the Candid Conversations last year, hoping that they would be live, but they were not. And this year, again, we went ahead and had them virtually, but we think next year we will be um, in person. So for now, they're all online and virtual, but they've been very successful, even though they've been delivered in that virtual environment. Do you think you're going to stay hybrid or have some virtual and some in person in the future? Well, if you give any thought I, to that? I think we probably will. I think that the access that virtual provides in both our college and our MBA programming, it's hard to walk away from once you've had that ability. And it also really gives women outside of the U.S. a better chance of engaging. And in the MBA space, that's really important to us. So we're still figuring out exactly how it's going to look in the new, the new year. But for now, uh, we, we're, we're somewhat committed to doing them both. Right. I think everybody's trying to figure it out. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that there's an easy answer because the expense and the extra time and effort is is somewhat daunting. Um, but but I think that it's super. But there's important. something about being in person. There is. You can't you can't walk away from it. And there are some events that you can do virtual and never have to replicate live. But for the, these conferences, yeah, this this works perfectly, right? But but. Uh, but the conferences, I think it's just nice to have everyone together and to get kind of that in-person opportunity. Right. I agree. Now, you're, we talked mostly about, you know, college students, but of course, Forte focused certainly initially most of its efforts on MBA applicants, you know, the people who've gone to college, finished it, been in the working world, and now they want an MBA. Yeah. How does Forte help MBA applicants? Well, we originally started with those forums that I mentioned where we just knew that women needed a bit of a gender lens as they approached this decision and thinking about bringing people, business schools together to talk about what it was like to be a woman at their school, other women who had been in those schools before, what did they do, where were they going, and then to be able to answer questions that 
came up when it was 100% women in the room versus 50-50 or more men than women. And often the questions that were important to women were never being asked because the women either didn't raise their hand or the men dominated the discussion or whatever would happen in a mixed gender environment. So it became really important to be able to have that kind of face in order to ask those questions that were important to women. So the forums were really that very first foray we had into programming. And those are an opportunity to learn more about a business school, what their admissions process is, what they're looking for in candidates. We have an alum panel where they learn from um, the alums what they're doing now. So it's kind of aspirational. What kind of career path have you had? And then we also have an admissions workshop that really gives them insight into the whole process and the schools do kind of an agnostic presentation of what it's like to apply to business school and give all of the students advice. And that really kind of goes just an introduction into the whole process. We followed that with a program we call MBA Launch. And we have a PACE uh, program where you're cohorted into a geographic group. And then we also have an on-demand version where you can do it self-paced and it's all uh, through a learning management system. But the idea of both of these programs is to help you walk through what you need to do to prepare the best application possible and to also make sure that you are prepared and and that we have more women that are interested in going into these. I mean, it's also supposed to attract women into this field. So the MBA launch program is a, a paid program, and then we actually give you a coach. You have a peer group. We have an education kind of curriculum that you go through, and it's to help you prepare for your standardized testing, to help you with the interviews, the application, the essay writing, all of the things you need to be thinking about, including school fit. Like, is this the right school for me to even be applying to? There's also fee waivers for application fees. And so that's a real incentive for the women that are participating. They're able, more than, I think about two thirds of our uh, partner schools offer a waiver completely of the application fee. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's something that's really nice for them to have access to. And and then I would say, you know, on if you don't want to be a part of a paid program, there's a lot of gated content on our community, uh, on our website that women can have access to. And so there's a lot of different ways they can grab what they need, but mostly that engagement and interaction with our school partners and then these programs where they can really dig in and make sure that they're doing the best job of applying to business school. So the MBA launch is a, is a paid program. It sounds like a very, it is It mm-hmm. is a very, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with it. It's a very extensive, it, it provides a lot of value to applicants, well, and, but MBA forums are, are free. Is that correct? Or, or, they are. Okay. Okay. And yeah. webinars. We have lots of webinars that we do that have content, um, but MBA launch is the only paid program. Got it. I mean, I've talked about the successes of, of Forte in terms of increasing the number of, bus- of women in, in business school and also in management. But can you uh, expand on that a little bit more specifically? Sure. I'm sure you have, you have that data. We, we've been watching this uh, since the very beginning of Forte and really talking to our partner schools about what their enrollment numbers were. And uh, we have seen significant growth over the, um, by the way, it is our 20th anniversary. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit later. Sure, so, um, sure. But they're over the 20 years that we've been doing this, uh, really trying to understand what were those hurdles that kept women from being 50% of their business school class. And I think what we saw this past fall in 2021 is that all of our partner schools, the average was about 41% women enrolled in their classes. And so there are a few obviously below, but a few that are have actually reached parity. parity. 
percent. Mm -hmm. And then there's a number of schools that are at the, you know, 43, 47, 45. And that pooling at the top of above 40% or even above 35% has shown tremendous growth over just the last five years. So we're really pleased with that. I mean, once you get to 45%, nobody's looking around and saying, I, I don't think there's enough women in this class. I mean, it, it's hard to tell if it's 50-50 or, you know, 45. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking 48 or 49, 50, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, at that point. And, yeah, and it sets the bar high. So I think that the other institutions are looking around and trying to figure out what levers do they need to pull to be able to also have those kinds of enrollments. So we've been really pleased. There's still a little progress to, you know, to, to make there. And as you said, on the back end, once they go out into the corporate world, there's still a lot of work there that needs to be done in order to see parity in the upper ranks of business. And I think companies are working on it, but that's still very much a concern, even if we get the MBA number right. Right, right. Just a, you know, personal anecdote. When I got my MBA in the late seventies, I realized I'm dating myself, but it was the late seventies. I don't remember the exact percentage of women, but I'm almost positive. It was under a third in my, in my class. Right. And that wasn't considered, it wasn't particularly anything, right? It was, it was the norm. Right. I started accepted in 94 and basically for much of the time, certainly the early years of accepted, the number of women really wasn't much higher. The percentage of women from what I remembered when I was uh, an MBA student, mm -hmm. it really wasn't. And then it was with Forte that it started to, to increase. Mm -hmm. I mean, the idea of parity in 2000 was just not, not even yeah. feasible. There, there was so. only one Fortune 500 CEO that was a woman, and she started, I think, two years after, or, or maybe a year or two after I became the executive director. So 04, 05, mm -hmm. somewhere in there, Carly Fiorina became the yeah, yeah. CEO. And yeah, so the numbers, when we started calculating back in 2002, it was about 28%. And, you know, again, that depends on what group of schools you're looking at, but yeah. it was still below the one third, even that you're talking about. And, you know, if we had cut a different slice of schools, it could have been better or worse. I don't know. We didn't capture every business school out there, but we just picked the number and kind of stuck with that. And yeah, 28% now to 41%. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I don't remember the exact, it was, it was somewhere between a fourth and a third in, in my right. class, but I just, right. I just don't remember. Yeah. Um, what support does Forte provide to women once they get into business school and even after business school? Sure. Um, well, the first important support is the Forte Fellowships, and those are awarded every year. Since 2005, that was our first class. We had about 35 women in that first MBA fellow class, and the agreement with our business schools is that, that these these women would get around a $20,000 scholarship to support them going to school. So we had about 35 women. And then if you fast forward to this past fall, when that group enrolled, we had 2000 women who received a very similar amount of support. They vary a little bit by school, but, um, but that is a, a huge number compared to where we were back in 2005. So that's, that's one of the most important support systems. We also work with, uh, well, the, the, the first thing they get access to is our MBA conference, which has been, again, a flagship event for us for many years. I think 04 was the first year we actually had some kind of MBA conference. And this is a two-day program where they get to meet our corporate partners. The school partners are with us. 
they get professional development, they have a career fair, they learn more about different industries that MBAs go into, all of the different things that they need to be thinking about as they go into their MBA program. We've had that for, like I said, since 2004. We also have a financial services fast track that's specifically focused on MBA women. And that is for anybody interested in investment management or investment banking. And so that's a two-day program. And again, open to any woman who wants to attend that's going into one of our partner schools. And then we just have a new program that we're about to um, launch called MBA Takeoff. And that is going to be a program prior to our conference that really focuses in on MBA success and how you prepare yourself to make the most of your team experience, your classroom experience. It's not a career-focused program. It really is about the mentality of what you're about to go through. How are you going to engage with your team in the classroom? How are you going to make sure your voice is heard with faculty? What kind of impact do you want to make on your campus? How do you lead in, in a classroom environment? So a lot of the things that they need to be thinking about before they get to campus and have to kind of start doing it almost immediately. So that program is built on a Franklin Covey model that we've been partnering with them and we've created an entire curriculum that is, again, self-paced so they can jump in and it's all done through videos and reading and assessments. And then they have kind of drop-in places where they can connect with the other women going through the program. So that's brand new this year. And then uh, we work with the women in business clubs. We have career fairs for the, the MBA women to connect with employers. We do webinars around career advancement and career topics that are really important for them to be considering. There's just so many things that you can take advantage of by being in that Forte community when you're an MBA. So, Does the Forte community continue once they leave business school? It does. It is a, a place where in our strategy, we are really starting to build out our MBA, post-MBA offerings. The, a couple of them are new. So some of these things, we've, we've always had a women lead webinar series, which is very much focused on professional development for women at any stage in their career. But we are adding to that something called RISE. And we're doing the first pilot with just 15 women. It starts in about a week. And that program is for women kind of in that 10 year out post MBA, thinking about what's that next step or they're, they're stuck and they want to switch or they've stepped out and they're ready to step back in. You know, what is it exactly they're going through? What transition? But this is a very intensive kind of education, uh, executive education type course where there's coaching and there's programming and content, but it's really meant to move them to the next step, whatever that is. And so that program is something we're piloting. And then we also have um, something called Career Strategist that is going to pilot in the fall. That's for earlier career women, kind of uh, post-college, maybe two to four years, thinking about a similar transition and really making sure that they found their place and that they are um, they didn't kind of undersell themselves as they left college and, and end up in an industry or a career path that wasn't quite the right fit making sure they have found their niche and that we're going to be able to be there to support them. And also that they might, you know, consider an MBA at some point and be able to give them that programming access. But primarily it's a career focused program. And now a word from Admission Straight Talk sponsor. Applying for MBA programs is difficult enough. Keeping your resumes, application materials, and letters of recommendation organized should be the easy part. Join the 1 million plus scholars who use Interfolio to store these documents, request letters of recommendation, and apply for academic opportunities. Check it out today and enjoy 10% off with the code ACCEPTED22 at interfolio.com backslash accepted. Again, that's interfolio.com slash accepted and use the code ACCEPTED22 for 10% off. 
And now back to this week's interview. One of the things I, I was wondering is, you know, a lot of times uh, MBA women, they, they get their MBA, they work for a couple of years, and then maybe they want to start a family. And then they, they might leave the working world for a few years and they want to get back into it. Do you, is that what one of the things that RISE addresses or is there something separate for women in that group? Um, we don't have a program specifically about reentry, but RISE mm-hmm. would be also helpful for that that uh, phase of you know the reentry process. So I know there's programs like um, iRelaunch has programs that they offer for women looking to reenter, and they partner specifically with companies around that. I think being a part of the Forte community and staying engaged, even if you're not working full time, that's one of the things I would encourage women to do, even if they're not quite sure what they want that step to be after they, or when they're ready to return. I still think being active and engaged in a community like Forte is helpful. So whatever time they can spend staying plugged in, I think that helps your re-entry go a lot more smoothly. Sure. Makes sense. Now, well, let me go back to Forte Fellows. I mean, obviously the financial benefits are enormous of being a Forte Fellow. If you can get a $20,000 scholarship, that really reduces Mm -hmm. uh, the cost. Is that per year or is that total? Per year. So they that's that's a 40, around 40000 for their full program. Yeah, they that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right. Are there other benefits to being a Forte Fellow? I mean, there's a prestige factor, obviously, but is there anything else? I'm not, I'm not uh, I think it's fantastic what you've outlined. I'm just wondering if there's anything else. Yeah, no, they, we, we have, we do work with them specifically on, we, we do resume books that we uh, have for Forte Fellows only, and we give those to our employers so they get kind of visibility with the employer group. We do programs on their campuses. We encourage their administration to meet with them and get to know them. Sometimes I come and we have a tea or something just to connect with the fellows, but we do try to give them as much visibility and, and, and then we also keep up with them after they graduate. So we monitor and track them. We want to know where they're employed, what what kind of promotions they've had. You know, we try to connect with them geographically. And we, we just had a Forte Fellows coffee for the 05 to 10 class. So we're really trying to continue to have those virtual. Now that Zoom, we, everybody's so comfortable on Zoom, that's the best thing is to be able to connect with people in geographic areas like that. And the having coffee with the fellows, we send them all a Starbucks gift card and then tell them to go grab their coffee and join us on a Zoom at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then we get to catch up, see what they're doing, learn what they're challenged by in their career, what what's what are those hurdles, and then is there anything Forte can do to help that? So that was a, amazing a couple of weeks ago, just having about 10 of them on a call with us. We keep doing those, you know, every two or three months just to make sure we know what's going on. We also meet with our Edie Hunt Inspiration Award winners, who are all of the women that received these awards at our MBA conference over the last 10 to 15 years. And that's amazing too, just to hear what they're accomplishing and all the different, you know, career paths they've headed down. So those are, those are some of the benefits of Zoom and the pandemic and <laughs> virtual programming. So yeah, it, it is rather ironic that on, on one hand, the pandemic and Zoom have, have enabled connections with those that are distant and has alienated us from those who are close. Yeah, true. Very it's, true. It's, you know, it's a, an iron, uh, irony of the, of the situation, but yeah, that's what it's and, done. And that we, you know, we used to have WebExes and all of these things before, but nobody ever thought about it, using it as a daily form of communication. And now you never get on a call that isn't a Zoom call, it seems. Now they're all telling you, for your mental health, you should take a phone call once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> 
a, a, a large group of women who are not going to be able to travel stateside to go to that program before going to their program uh, full time, whatever, even if it's a, you know, a business school in Europe to get to the US to go to that event and then get home and then get to Europe. It just was too much um, and it can mess your visa up. Yeah. It's also just plain old expensive, time consuming. Oh, yes. All of the other. All, all of those, just, just right. the, very, the very basics. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, like I said, it's the world is, has changed as a result of the pandemic. Some of the changes are good. Some probably are not so good. Um, but you can, you want to take advantage of what, what can be good. So everybody's trying to figure it out. That's right. Um, where do you see Forte going from here? Obviously, this, I mean, I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, gosh, this is new and this is new and you're, you know, you're, you're expanding here, expanding there. What's coming, what's coming down the pike? Well, I, I mentioned a couple of those programs um, that we have coming up, and those are all pilots for this year. So we're uh, we we built career strategist, and which is the college women, and then the MBA takeoff. Both are built on the Franklin Covey platform, and then we took all of our content and our gender lens and really built it around that Franklin Covey content. But those those two things are part of our strategic plan, which is to build out this program portfolio that we have. And there were, we looked at everything we do and we asked ourselves, you know, what are the gaps that women would see if I'm a woman starting my freshman year in college and I'm a part of Forte, what are kind of those stepping stones throughout my career that get me to seasoned professional business person? And then we started filling those in. And so over the course of our strategic plan came up with kind of that early career place. Like if you graduate college, we didn't have a real program for you other than um, MBA launch. And so there's a lot of other things going on in your life when you're an early career person than thinking about an MBA. So we built that career strategist. I'm not going to tell you about all the programs, but basically that pipeline of programs is what we're focused on in one of our pillars of our strategic plan. The second one is really around workplace change and thinking about what is it that people need to be equipped with, both men and women, as they go into the workforce, and where does Forte have the opportunity to impact them when it comes to gender equity in the workplace? And so what kind of programming and education can we give them so that Forte isn't going to go and change the you know, work environment, but these individuals who have had a mindset shift can then go make that change. And so a lot of the work we're doing around gender equity and allies for gender equity, that is where, you know, we're going to spend some time in terms of the workplace change. And then the third pillar is around enduring relationships. And one of the things that we want to be as an organization is a place that you can come and this is your place, your hub. This is where you feel like you either made an impact or have have been impacted by the work Forte is doing. And making sure that we can also track and tell the story of how women have gone from those college programs into the pre-MBA, graduated from business school, moved on and still come back and connected with us in our our professional programs, and that they can point to multiple places where Forte was a critical part of their journey. And that's really important to us. It's important to us from our corporate and our school partners that we have those connections and that we maintain those. And it's also important to us for the individual women to have that experience with Forte. So really building out our systems and tracking that and, you know, creating this affinity back to the organization is another area where we're spending our time. 
So there's still many more programs in that program portfolio to build out, but you know, over the next couple of years, uh, we'll probably have a few more really, I think, I think that's primarily where we're headed. Growth. You're really looking to a, a longitudinal relationship with, with yeah. women starting in college. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if I start hearing about something in high school soon. Uh, yeah. Next time I talk to you. Um, <laughs> and then going, going forward. I mean, you have programs from, from college to 10 years post MBA at the moment. And I don't know, you're going to get to senior citizens at some point, but right. uh, I'm going to get to be a senior citizen <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, uh, Social forte. Security recipients, uh, Medicare, right. et cetera. That's right. Yeah, we, we say forte for life. That's our, our mantra. So we'll, we'll see if we can achieve that. <laughs> well, you're, you're heading towards it. Now, you yeah. also mentioned men. Do you yeah. have programs for, for men who want to support uh, Forte's mission? We do. We, um, we started what we had at the time called Men as Allies on our MBA campuses, and we built a toolkit for um, MBA men to start a chapter on their campus and really gave them a guide about everything you need to think about to start a student organization, but specifically what would be the purpose and the meaning behind having a male ally club. And usually they were embedded in the women in business club so that they could all kind of work together on what were the gender equity challenges on their campus or, you know, in their future career so they could have those kind of conversations. And then we morphed that as we quickly realized those students are graduating, they go out into the workplace, they're used to having these very advanced conversations around equity and their, their employer honestly wasn't even close to having those conversations. And so they, they said, we need Forte to come in and help with this conversation. And, and that was, we started the male ally chapters back in 2015, 2016, depending on you know, the exact time. But, and then Me Too happened. After all of that work, you saw Me Too. And then really that conversation escalated much faster. And you saw more programming around this. But what we now have is the chapters on the MBA school campuses. We also have a curriculum that is around allies for gender equity that can be taught not just to men, but for all all individuals who are interested in talking more about the equity conversation and being allies, not only for women, but for underrepresented, for disabilities. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that that can show up in the workplace. So we have that curriculum that companies can actually purchase or we can actually deliver for them. And we've done it all virtually. We've done it live and in person, but we've also made it easy to do virtually. Um, And then we also have an inclusive leadership program that you can do as an individual. It doesn't have to be a whole company says, we want you to come in and implement this, but a company could send two people to this program. So all of that's available. And it all started with a panel at one of our partner meetings about this ambassador group at Harvard at HBS. And we took that and interviewed all of these men and women who were involved in it on like three campuses wrote that toolkit, and then now it's morphed into all of these different tentacles of gender equity and allyship. So yeah, um, very impressive. I assume, I assume listeners are getting the same impression that I, I did, that you love to run with ideas. I am. That is, unfortunately for my team, my personality type. We've done all these analyses of our different, you know, our predictive index tests. I don't yeah, know if y'all yeah. you know. I've heard and, of it. Yeah. I, am, I am a person who probably loves the ideas. I try to contain them so that we can actually get them done, but I could, we could just start talking now, Linda, and we would have 10 other new ideas by the time <laughs> this call was over. And, and yeah, it's, it's kind of like blessing and a curse, I think. 
I, I have the, I, my staff would probably empathize with your staff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, but, I, I, that, that tends to be the case. Um, yeah. So <laughs> what advice would you give a young woman in college considering different careers and maybe business, maybe an MBA? Well, yeah. I, well, if, it, it all depends on who I'm talking to, but I would say that not to discount business if you are someone who does. Um, to make sure you give it its full exploration and that you understand that there are a lot of amazing paths. There's so much opportunity and so many different ways that you can pursue a business career. Um, I think often, depending on what major you're in, you may think business isn't, you know, at least we've seen the misperceptions might be that it's not aligned with you philosophically. You're thinking you want to do something good and you want to help people. And I think that just a little exploration, just digging a little under the surface, you can figure out exactly how to match that passion and interest up with a business career. And it really is the place that makes things happen. It's an opportunity to grab power. And I think I always try to say power's not a dirty word. It is a, a very it's important influence. word. Yes, it's influence. It's influence. It's not greed. It's not selfishness. It, it is power to take control of systems and use them to make the good happen in the world that you want to happen. And we need more women in those seats of power. And so I, I am, I think if you're thinking about an MBA, I say, you know, do, you know, know what your why is and understand what you want to get out of it. Make sure you've talked to people who you admire and who are in careers that you think seem interesting and, you know, do the research and think about, what doors that MBA opens up to you that are going to be very difficult for you to open yourself because of the pathways that have been established by companies that recruit on those campuses and are looking for top talent. And I, I, um, I just say, you know, make sure that you position yourself on that road to success. And there's organizations like Forte, people like me and the men and women on my team that are here to help you and help you be successful. And the schools are your cheerleaders too. You know, they want to see you succeed. So there's a lot of support in that MBA network. And I'm sure Linda, that's why you're still doing this work because it is fulfilling. And it's, yeah, it's exciting to see what happens and the journeys that women go on. And we're just, you know, we just want more of that for women um, in the business world. No, Forte does fantastic work. And again, my own life. Um, when I was in college, there was no Forte to be sure. There was and if anything, I was, I started college and it was the height of the Vietnam war and business was a dirty word. Right. Absolutely dirty word. I initially was pre-law. I decided it wasn't for me and graduated college, not knowing what I wanted to do. And then I started thinking maybe business. And I, I went for an MBA. To me, one of the chief benefits of the MBA is its breadth and its flexibility, which you alluded to. Right. You can do so much, so much good, have influence. You learn how to manage, you learn how to organize, you learn how to lead, and it gives you personally flexibility, which can be really important. I had six children. I'm a grandmother many times over. I'm very glad I got my MBA because it would have been really hard to, to do what I did without it. And obviously I've had a business now since 1994. So right. that's my personal yeah. story in a, in a nutshell. Um, I think it's great. I, I think it's also, you, know, you mentioned pre-law and we may have talked about this on a previous podcast, yeah. but I think it's important, especially young women to think about 
I think an attorney seems as though it's a, a job where you can do good. And it's, it's easier to connect those dots because you know that there are people out there helping individuals who have, have had all kinds of challenges with their you know, job, their personal life, whatever it is. So you can see the good. Um, and I always try to tell women like, that's good. But if, if you think about what it is you want to do and achieve, like don't forget that being an attorney is really about the protection and the understanding and the making sure that things are adhered, the law is adhered to, and it's very process oriented and it's somewhat backward looking in terms of reflection on what happened. There's yeah, always so you're looking at precedent. You're looking at precedent, right? And so in business, you were really always trying to be at the forefront and to think about the next step. And it, I also, I mean, this may be totally off, but I feel like in accounting, you're telling the story of what happened. Right. In finance, you're talking about what's going what, what's going to happen. And so I always to try to, it. yeah, and I try to explain those two concepts. Like if you want to be an accountant, that's kind of like being an attorney. You know, it's, it's really looking at what has happened versus what's going to happen. And I think um, if that helps women make decisions about kind of where to plug in and what their future might look like, you know, that's, that's one of the stories I try to tell. I'm not sure I was very eloquent about it, but at least I got it. No, I think it's an interesting point. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. In, in business, normally you are trying to create something. You're also going to try and sell it, but Mm -hmm. you're trying to create something. Presumably the best business people are solving problems yeah. that exist in the marketplace. I heard a podcast from Michael Hyatt, a very successful businessman and entrepreneur. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. And he was saying at the beginning of the pandemic, that the pandemic is an opportunity for businesses because there are so many problems to solve mm-hmm. and businesses here to solve problems. And also a good business, if you want to talk about good, is about service. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, you do get paid and you make a profit, but you, if you're not serving on some level, a need or solving a problem, you don't have a business. Exactly. Exactly. So anyways, this is a soapbox, I guess we could agree on and (laughs) we can go on like this for a while. Is there anything you would have liked me to ask you? No, I think, I think we covered a lot. So we, all right. Well then I want to, well, actually we didn't cover one thing and that is Forte's 20th anniversary. Oh, yes, we did talk. Yeah, I mentioned that. Um, our 20th anniversary, we, we joke a little bit internally because we don't know exactly when to, like you had a podcast, there was an actual yeah. event. And so we had the research, we had our working group, we had the first forum, which was to fall of 2002. So that would be this fall would be our maybe official first program. Our first MBA conference was 2004. I started in 04, our first employee, you know, so we just say, well, somewhere between 22 and 24 is our 20th anniversary, but we're going to officially kick it off this fall and then really celebrate all the way through 2023, I think, in terms of our, um, our first uh, 20th anniversary. So, but yeah, it's coming up and we've had it on the agenda for a while. We kind of, the pandemic has made it a little hard to know what exactly to do, but we're looking forward to being in person and, and really celebrating all the advancement for women, for women in the MBA, and for Forte as an organization um, to look back on all the milestones. So, yeah. It's- well, I think you have a lot to be proud of and a lot to celebrate. Alyssa, I want to thank you for so much for helping me celebrate our 10th anniversary, at least yes, Mrs. Trade Talk's 10th anniversary. anniversary. Um, 
except it has been around since 1994. And I also don't know the exact date, but I know it was 1994. Now, right. it's a pleasure as always to have you on the show. Congratulations on your enormous success and achievements. I really appreciate your sharing your thoughts, experience, advice, and allowing my listeners and me to learn more about Forte's resources, as well as its accomplishments. And they are many. Okay. I mean, it was, it's, you know, again, we talked 10 years ago, I think I was at I was at an event at UCLA, probably around 2002. I don't know if that was one of your early events. Was that? I remember that. It was, it seemed really well done. I remember Rod Garcia was there. I know he right. was there. Yeah, and it was I, that like, would have been our forum, I think, in, at UCLA. It probably was. <laughs> it probably was one of those early forums. Yes. And I remember there was a panel. Uh, there, was, there was like a very nice buffet. I didn't taste any of the food, but it looked great. And just really nicely done. And there was a panel. And then at the very end, and I think there was a UCLA, a recent UCLA alumni, a student, an older alum, maybe 10 years out, mm -hmm. maybe two students. Some, there were four people on the panel. And one young woman in the audience at the end raised her hand and said, what about kids? And none of the people on the panel can answer the question. <laughs> yeah. But it was one of the earlier events. And the other, other elements were, were good. So you know, whatever. You've obviously had enormous achievements since then. Where can listeners learn more about the Forte Foundation? They can go to our website at www.fortefoundation.org. That'd be the best place. Okay, great. We're going to link from accepted.com slash 463 to forte as well as to other interviews and resources of interest to MBA applicants. Listener, thank you too for tuning in to this, our 463rd episode. And if you'd like to leave a review, please head over to the show notes and you'll find links to Apple Podcasts, Stitchers, and Android Podcasts where you can leave that review. Doing so really helps us get the word out about Admissions Trade Talk. And yeah, we'll celebrate our 10th anniversary also. Again, you'll find those links at exhibit.com slash 463. And of course, you'll also find the show notes at exhibit.com slash 463. So if you are concerned that you missed something today's show or wanted to take a note or two about the wonderful things that Forte is doing, but couldn't because you were driving, jogging, or washing dishes or doing whatever you were doing, we've done it for you. You'll find the show notes, as I've said, at exhibit.com slash 463. This is Admissions Trade Talk produced by Accepted, and I'm your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week.